Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Mike Connolly. Hello. And Tara Connolly. Hi. And today, we pulled out an oldie but a goodie from North America, Orphix Fragmentation on Malignant back in uh, 1996 when this came out. Oh, and it was so, so sick. It's a heavy slab o disc. Oh, to. oh man! And you know, we, you know, we, you know, we pulled this one out. We're we're so excited to see them in December at the Hospital Fest, December seventh. So we just kind of thought, hey, let's do it. Yeah, and maybe not a band you would normally think of Noise Extra is discussing because of uh, you know, people think of them as a techno project. I guess more, more these days. Yeah, more now. But I mean, their roots are firmly in noise. Yeah. Well, uh, this is on Malignant Records. They had a release on Bloodlust back in the mid-90s as well. They uh, they kind of self-released their own tapes and were part of the noise scene back then. Uh, and, noise the is still a big, and noise is still a big part of, of what they do, uh, you know, even now. You know, we saw them at the uh, d- the hospital fest a few years ago, and, it, you know, it was oh, so yeah. good. I mean, it was so good. And why can't beats be a part of an abstract <laughs> sound? I mean, they can be very, very abstract at times, and I think that they use these as part of their, like, greater language um, very well. Absolutely. And, but yeah, you guys, uh, you guys have heard our recent listening recently as we've recorded a couple road rash episodes We're we're back fully back from tour, fully back and ready to be in the noise extra studios full time, uh, from now until, well, the end of eternity, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, since we have caught you guys up on what we've been listening to for those past couple of weeks, great. Why don't you, uh, let everyone know what you've been listening to. Well, since this is on Malignant, it kind of put me in a Malignant zone, and I had just placed an order with Malignant. Malignant was a, a very big influence on me. You know, uh, Jason, who ran Malignant, did a Audio Drudge magazine uh, back in the '90s, and released tapes with them. And you know, there's some there's some really cool comp tapes, and he was distributing all the dark and good stuff. So I used to order a lot from Malignant back then, and he. Uh, He's got a bunch of great CDs available. So I saw he had an Atrax Morgue uh, reissue on Old Europa Cafe, Pathophysiology. And uh, this is a reissue of a tape that uh, that Old Europa did originally, but with some bonus tracks. And it, uh, I don't know, the rules still, you know, in the Atrax Morgue zone. Uh, our last episode uh, was Paranoia. And I ha- haven't stopped listening to Atrax Morgue. It's just kind of... Kind of keeping in the vibe. Same here, Neil. We it's it's we're completely still in the A track zone. A tracks always. A tracks always. And uh, and then I uh, I recently got actually I listened to this this morning. Uh, my friend came by and uh, gave me a copy of Cut My Throat, which was like the last of the uh, kind of pressed CD Atrax Morg stuff I was missing. He's kind of our friend too. Yeah, he is. It's true. Our collective friend. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You know how I like to call people just my friend. It's a, it's <laughs> fine. It's cool. You can you know you you want to declare ownership. Yeah, 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 I understand. That's a that's a real handsome gift though. Uh, it's nice. It is. It's I, got. It's really cool. It's got. It's it's the band aid version. It's, it is yeah. the band aid version. It looks so awesome. And the band aid's right over where Marco's face is on the cover. It's so cool. <laughs> it's it's. I've not seen another one, so I don't know if the band aid was always stuck to it or if someone stuck it to it. I'm not I'm not sure exactly. 
Uh, but this is on Slaughter. This is a uh, you know this is on Marco's own label, recorded February twentieth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, this work is dedicated to Maurizio Bianchi. So Hell yeah, yay. Uh, play with caution. Extreme electronic music, and it's two like twenty three minute ish synth tracks. So obviously the MB zone. Uh, album's called Cut My Throat. The tracks are Before and I Cut Yours. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but then I, uh, since I was ordering some MB stuff, MB would be so happy from Malignant. I, uh, you know, I've been listening to that IRM closure. Uh, I mentioned it in the the one of the most recent episodes, and I'm still listening to it. Uh, it's it is a a power electronics play. It is uh, staged out and really just an interesting record. I think everyone should uh, should check out and listen to. And I picked up a. I think it's Yarl is how it's pronounced. I would I would assume, but don't ask me. I mean, the cheese is Jarlsberg. See, so why go. isn't that Jarl? <laughs> uh, it's the Out of Balance CD on Malignant. It's a twelve track. No, seventeen track. It's a 17-track synth noise, dark, grimy, industrial-sounding thing. And he's he's a a member of IRM, so it kind of ties into that. That is such a gray thing. That's unreal. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? What do you mean? Everything he just described, it's all his favorite things. Dark, uh, industrial-inspired. It's even Army Green. I uh, I yeah. was going for it the second I put it on. I was like, this, seriously, it's like this is this it's, it's this CD fits gray like a glove. It actually really. Absolutely. If I played it for you, you would be like, oh yeah. Oh, he 100%. loves gloves too. It's true. You might have might have seen one of my pairs of gloves in the FX Morph photo. It was it was a difficult decision to picking which pair of gloves to put in that photo. Oh, so. I think you did. you chose wisely. Yes. Yeah. Good call. And then uh. I think that CD was $5 from Malignant. A lot of his older CDs are, are quite cheap in the catalog. So That's if you're looking eight. to spend a little bit of cash. Uh, but an even crazier deal is I got this Negru Voda triple CD, uh, Vald Deluxe. I've only listened to the first disc, but it is also sort of like, I mean, it's also kind of gray-greenish. Nice. <laughs> uh, there's like some photos of industrial factory decaying, rusting metal objects. Uh, and it is, it's that it's the same, you know, it's more like dark ambient noise, industrial, heavy electronics vibes. Um, hell yeah. And then Malignant put out a CD version of the moral order Crypteria, which was a, there's a double cassette on Cloister. And I think someone might've even done an LP. I'm not sure. I had the double tape, but I wanted to listen to it in the car. So I bought the CD. I, it is just great death industrial sounding. I don't, I, this is all it's October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we're recording this, this is what I've been listening to in the zone. That's it's just the vibe been, right now. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's just been death industrial and dark ambient. Like, so that's, that's what I've been jamming. Uh, moral order Crypteria to listen to it. I, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it. I've also listened to it like five times. I just keep playing it and playing it. It's really, it's hits the zone. And then I threw on a couple LPs, uh, Grey Wolves Age of Descent uh, on Tesco, which is just like claustrophobic, caustic, nasty power electronics with messed up vocals. And I swear there's they're like using or taking loops from like military sound effects records or like documentary, whatever, like 
the rhythms or like sounds, the background sounds are all just these sort of like nasty, clunky, overblown machine gun or like artillery shelling nice. kind of sounds. Nice. Yeah, dude, Age of Descent is such a great record. And actually, we have those early, those open wound CDRs of those records from the early 2000s of those, those early uh, Grey Wolves records. And I love those so much. The strain, they're, they're, you know, they're stapled together, right? Yes. Yeah, staples <laughs> with like weird tons of inserts, tons of weird sized inserts too. As the years go on, CDRs sort of age pretty poorly, I think. And I'm, I'm guilty of putting out my fair share of CDR. So I'm not innocent, but I think those open wound CDRs are kind of awesome. And if you don't have the LPs, having those, I think is kind of like the second best. And they actually still play. We did try to play yes. them recently and they, uh, cause some CDRs do not Can't still play. Can't say that for <laughs> yeah. all of our old CDRs. But, but those, those uh, open wound CDRs do still play and they just look so strange. They, they still sound great. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's cool that you have the, uh, the original LP. Of that, I though. actually have always wanted, it and just picked it up off of a friend of mine. So, so good. I love those. So, I mean, yeah. so amazing. Artwork looks great on that. It's funny you mentioned the CDR is not playing a common problem, but there's a um, a label that's active on Bandcamp releasing new stuff, but also uh, trying to archive some of like the favorites of the what I would call the CDR era of noise. Oh, that's nice. Called Oxidation Label. And uh, <laughs> that's great. Oxidation. Yeah. Just, just saving work. them from CD rot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So uh, check out Oxidation on Bandcamp. Oh, that's great because, you know, so many formattings are aging as well. So like when you think you could play the CD or the CDR now, sometimes they just don't even work, especially like the DVDRs, uh, which I know when we ran out of CDRs, we would just use those too. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is There's always ridiculous. Probably a lot of strange uh, uh, formats have been used throughout, yes. especially in the yes. uh, mid 2000s. We're going to have to find that like skeleton key player uh, and right. pass it around that plays just <laughs> everything. everything. Yeah. And then uh, one more LP, which I, I think I mentioned during the uh, Patreon bonus episode of uh, Soldnergeist 7-inch that we talked about that was from uh, Self Abuse, um, which is the Advocate Error Hoheit. I think that's how you say that record. Don't ask me. But I do really want to hear that. I know you've been mm -hmm. so psyched on it. And yeah. I, and I, and we, have not, we haven't heard that. It's just more like pitch black, heavy electronics, Germany, early 90s, uh, side project of Solner Geist, Solner Geist. Um, I, I love it. I, I finally picked up a copy. Came uh, missing its insert, unfortunately, but my buddy Brett scanned one for me. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> and uh, it's just... It's uh, every bit as good as I wanted. I've had files of it for a long time, but <laughs> had to buck up and get the record. You know, you, you know, when you just really like something, you got to do that. Absolutely. And then uh, one last CD here, which is uh, Himu Cult Come October on Found Remains. This is a new release. Uh, it's a reissue of a cassette she did. Uh, I don't know exactly how long ago. I don't have the tape, but uh, Esther's been making some really interesting power electronics, heavy electronics, noise stuff over the last few years. And I, I know the uh, sex worker tape on Total Black was in one of my recent listenings. And uh, this is just as great. Really, really interesting to hear. Um, sort of another another piece of the puzzle. And the artwork is great. Just like it's very nice attractive stuff. Yeah, it's a good looking yeah. CD. So this is out now. If you want to hear something uh, very contemporary, uh, 
that I recommend. Check it out. And yeah, actually, we've been really mostly what we've been listening to this week leading up to this episode has been a lot of Orphix. You know, we were been jamming the double disc that Hospital put out of the first two tapes, 01 and 02. So, mm-hmm. so good. And some of the newer stuff, you know, Pitch Black Mirror, which I think is the most recent album. Fantastic record. Oh, so heavy. So, so good. And, and, you know, that one's probably a little more, you know, in the style of what we're probably going to see in December and, and what we saw a few years ago when we saw them at the, at the, uh, hospital fest in December of 2017. Um, but man, what a great one. So if you want to check out a new Orphix that it's, you know, highly recommended. Oh, and as well as the Orphix JK flesh split, um, that came out this year in hospitals. So mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with those and you can't go wrong with the first two tapes. Either. Oh, they're so good. And it was a three piece at that time. Um, their friend Aaron West was in it who later, um, separated the group to do his own project. It was an amicable split, <laughs> um, but it's it's really um, a different lineup on the O one and O two, and I, I think they're just they're just fabulous. Yeah, yeah, and and of course, the one we listened today, listened to today, fragmentation, which is just the from nineteen ninety six, so just a few years after those tapes, but it's the two piece lineup of uh, Rich Adi and Christina Seely. And uh, Aaron West is credited with initial EEG measurements in 1994, but this says recorded uh, throughout 1996 and mixed to dead in August 96. So um, it is. Oh, yeah. From the track nine, electroencephalographic measurements. There you That's go. the EEG <laughs> right there. Should I try to say that? No. Um, <laughs> what a sick, sick, sick album. Yeah, this one's this one's really great. And again, it's it's a strange sort of outlier to to bring up here, but it's so full of noise, more so than rhythm. Like when rhythm mm-hmm. is used, it's there's a few where the rhythm is more prevalent, but mostly it's like one of the things piled into your ears <laughs> at any given time. Well, it's well, not the forefront. Yeah, there's just there's so many layers and all of them are so varied and interesting. Like they're um like sound vocabulary is really vast. And every track on the CD has like an album's worth of ideas on it. Like every single track could have been its own extended into its own album. There's so much going on. And yeah, this is, this is truly its own beast. I mean, you know, they were doing tapes on bloodlust, you know, obviously this is on malignant. They were doing their own, uh, you know, DIY self-release tapes playing with condom and, Ann Gillis. And, Oh, you know, I actually, I should never say in that name, Tara playing with condom and, Oh, Angeli. That's so much better. Um, but yeah, so they were very much firmly in this world. And this is just truly its own unique thing. They really have their own unique take on noise and industrial and experimental. And there was really, I can't personally think of anything like this that was happening. I mean, maybe other people can. I, I Personally, I just see this as it's a very unique beginning to something that you know, kind of is very prevalent now, this kind of rhythmic noise industrial. Yeah, kind and, of stuff. and they said their early influences, um, the things they discovered together um, at the beginning of their band were Mersbaum, Asana, MSBR, Obe, um, SPK, Swans, Einsurgeon, Neubauten, Coiled, Soviet France, Clock DVA. I mean, boom. I mean, that's, there you go. And they yeah. actually, they said their first band was actually uh, kind of a shoegaze influence band. So they were 
you know, equally they were, and you know, they were obsessed with skinny puppy. Yeah, well, yeah. So it's, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like being into like my bloody Valentine and ride and skinny puppy. And then Murs bow and Obe and Masana and stir that all together. And this is what you get. It's actually crazy to think about the skinny puppy obsession because I'll say in this, I can hear it. There's such an attention that uh, skinny puppy paid to the noise yeah. and sequencing and insanity in the, in all their songs. And especially up through, you know, the, the like eighties and early nineties. And this has that same sort of insanity and detail and varied sonic palette to it. And also both Canadian. Totally. Uh, yes. Yes. Orphix, obviously Canadian from a town called Dundas, Dundas which I believe is outside <laughs> of Hamilton and, and that Mecca of Hamilton. Yes. And so Hugely. I, but I think that, but I think that's so cool <laughs> that they, you know, exist in this very tiny pocket of, of Canada and, and, Terry, you had a great interview with where they talk about um, the instruments they're using in their early days and kind of how, you know, they went about recording it. So this is from an interview called Orphix Industrial Revolutions. It's by Juno Reviews and it's from 2012. Uh, but I thought it was a really interesting interview because it talked a lot about their early days. Uh, and Richard says, uh, in the early years, we used Aaron's basement as a practice space and gathered together whatever instruments we could find. An 8-bit sampler, a Yamaha synth, an Oberheim drum machine, reel-to-reel tapes, power tools, scraps of sheet metal, microphones, effects pedals, and an early Mac computer for doing basic sequencing. And I feel like we hear all of that on this album. Some real kitchen sink going on. And, 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 and then you do, you get this great feeling of them just being this strange basement, you know, in a weird town outside of Hamilton, Ontario, and they're just surrounded in their basement laboratory and we this is what we get these are the results of their experiments these are the results of their lab tests in this uh 0102 cd there's there's actually flyers well this is a really cool thing there's like some gig flyers in there and there's uh there's fly there's shows in toronto and shows in hamilton and there's it looks like there's yeah there's like one of the shows or two of the shows are in Dundas. So, so they did cool. find a scene to play in their, in so their like, I would, amazing. I would love to hear about those early shows. Hey, maybe, maybe we'll get a chance to yeah. in, in a month or so. Hey, people will come out in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Great. yeah. Um, but yeah, so what a, what a cool setting to think about when we're, when you're listening to this album and man, Oh, I mean, I, this album is just so incredible. It is. I, you know, I got to say, I'm going to, I'm going to gush about them as we go over the tracks, but uh, their titles are really, really great. Um, and they blend, you know, kind of metaphysical things and literal things. Um, and I think in a, in a, in a craftsman like way. It kind of starts very, you know, kind of very kind of lead in to 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 what we're going to get to the rest of the record oh yeah word and symbol builds with like a nice low rumble and some uh you know kind of classic disembodied voice like i, I couldn't tell if it, it actually sounds like to me uh like a subway train car coming i, yeah. I absolutely wrote that down it, it, there's this low kind of creep and crawl that starts everything and all of a sudden i was like we're on this is a train coming we're getting on the train yeah. and i'm definitely into where we're going yeah you can you can kind of hear like a crowd building and you can hear sort of the announcer like that when i say disembodied voice it is like something over a speaker that you're hearing in a space and uh oh yeah i i even wrote gentle trains yeah. As well. I think we yeah, all I think we all much. have the train and the and train on the mind. And just and comes in industrial too. I mean, this is yeah. very this whole this whole CD to me was very 
there's an urban feel to it, an urban decay to this. Yes. And maybe even part of it's in the, the pictures of them on the inside feel like it's in some weird um, city. And, and and having machines and metal yeah, um, I mean, this really is very, gives it that vibe. Yeah, totally. Well, this this one, this first piece uh, sort of has this hollow drone running through it, and then there's a kind of a string sound ending to it, which would have been one of the samplers or keyboards they had, I think. Mm-hmm. But when we get into layers of Dura, oh, the second track, it's this, just here we are. It rips in with some pounding, and you're talking about being in in the city or like some industrial collapse, and like there are like steam pipes hissing, and there's it's just these sort of garbage sounds. There's Everything's sort of like hidden under a layer of distortion or buried under its own mm-hmm. like things creep out and peek out that have been there all along and suddenly you're aware of them and they do a really great job at this mixing where like something will be at the forefront and as it fades something else is slightly brought into the spotlight and it's they show it really well here and it's funny because this has this heavy kind of slower rhythm to it but I am immediately reminded of like Megaptera you know like uh one of the more like European death industrial project oh, stuff. Yeah. Like it's not, I'm not seeing it through a techno lens in some way. You know, it's like, it, it is, this is a death industrial track to me and it's, that rules. Oh yeah. Definitely. It's, it's definitely more apocalyptic. And, and again, yeah, I'm, I'm running through like a tunnel with fluorescent light. There's, there's a lot of running and racing feeling to a lot of these tracks. And, and I, that's what I was getting. Yeah, like urgency and throbbing. D- Urgency is a word I was thinking of throughout this whole <laughs> album. There's a sense of urgency. Yeah. And and yeah, great. Like you're saying with the layers, it's like all the, there'll be things peeling back. And you're like, wait, has that been happening the whole time? Or yeah. did they just introduce that? Well, it's speaking so, of oh, layers. It's so great. Uh, so this track's called Layers of Dura, and Dura is the thick membrane of connective tissue that surrounds your brain and spinal cord. Oh, wow. Uh, so like, again, like the title, this track has lots of layers. Those layers are things that surround like your consciousness and your thoughts. And so I, I really love the way they're interplaying their their titles and their tracks. And I think it just really, you know, takes it to the next level where it needs to be. I like this one. It slows down and just starts kind of crumbling apart towards the end, too. I thought Dude, it was so oh. cool. It just disintegrates and just warps and it just gets the, the noise is so thick and viscous and just crumbles everything yeah and it messes with your brain but their tracks end really artfully because the whole time you're just left thinking like was that there the whole time and i didn't notice yeah. it like and you try to pay attention to the layers like okay 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 what's it gonna end on is this gonna be there in addition to putting the word layers down about yeah. 400 times on my note sheet <laughs> i've also commented on the end of so many of these oh, here because so it's like a, a track will start to sort of st- peel back or feel like it's ending or like the main element that's mm-hmm. been going for a while is gone and it gets a little quieter. But then you still got like 45 seconds of the track ending where like this other sound is let to kind of bloom without this other thing looming over it. And it's, it's really cool. Maybe it's like when you're trying to stop a train and you think it's stopped, but it's still kind of like <laughs> it's still going a little forward, bit yeah. or like in a dream when you're like pumping the brakes and it's like the, you <laughs> have the brakes quite. all the way to the floor, but it's not quite breaking. That's yes. like kind of what all these tracks yes. have. It's so awesome. You're absolutely right. That third track. Oh, ec- Ex, ec, ec, oh, ecstasis? what have I been trying? To uh, it's the it's just the Greek way to write ecstasy. So just ecstasy. And it, ha- it well, so it starts with this kind of black swirl that's that's you know deep, this deep kind of synth sound, 
and there's no rhythm at first, you know, but when it comes in, well, before it comes in though, we've got this low tinkling and the, almost sort yes. of these horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so strange. Distance. Yeah, it was like so fog strange. horns. They're yeah. so good. Like very just gentle summoning horns. And then this very tense beat just slides in. And it just like here it is. And it's just again, I'm racing. Unforgiving. Through, it's mm-hmm. unforgiving. I'm racing through the city night. Someone's chasing me. The chase is on. You know, and it just keeps like I don't know, like it keeps kind of like taking me up off the street above the building. Again, maybe there's this kind of weird dream thing where you like can jump and then you just keep kind of swimming up <laughs> yeah, nice, into the, nice. and that's kind of what I was getting with this track. And I kept kind of like, yeah, cause the drums I thought were really bouncy. Like I thought their yeah. tone was really interesting. Um, the, the way they were built and they were just really kind of like a, a bouncing drum. They're, t- they're tough as nails. Yeah. It, uh, there's sort of a white noise percussion element that comes in, under those drums and then that becomes the main sort of part of the rhythm that you can focus it's on. so crazy. And then there's this sort of like whipping synth sound, like filter sound going on. It's with, with this layers of vocal kind of yelling. Mm, yes. Yowling, yes. yowling yes. is actually yes. what I have written down. <laughs> Cause it is. Cause it, again, it kind of comes near the end and these, you, again, it is one of those things. Is that vocals? Is that you know? It does feel like vocals, and it feels like it's probably both of them. Again, hard to tell because you know it's it all kind of just is this blend, and oh, it ends so crazy. The vocals start to rise, and you're just like, what is going on? You know? Yeah, I and, thought it was a very sexy track. Oh, totally. Like well, absolute, I mean, there you go, I mean, ecstasy. 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 You know, yeah. It was, it was urban sure. decay, ecstasy. You yeah. Know? Until we hit the end, when you just dissolve into a puddle, you just <laughs> become nothing. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I really. This one, especially, I, I really liked how it revealed itself. Like we talk about things peeling away and stuff, and it happens so much in this track where the thing that you're kind of focusing on, or that's the most prevalent sound, morphs a little bit, and this other thing creeps out and becomes the thing you notice. And it does it does it seamlessly and effortlessly that it just like keeps changing and keeps showing you different facets of the same thing you've been listening to, and it. It's masterful. They're yes. artists. Yeah, yeah yes. definitely. This, I mean, they are. Well, I know Christina is a visual artist as well, and I think she was involved with the art on the cover. Some of the photos, and, I think, yeah. it's credited. Yeah. With, it's credited as uh, Christy in here, so it doesn't specifically say her her name. You know, oh. Oh. I guess we so just Chris- assume. I guess I just assume. Well, I know she does visual art, yes. so I I just assume too. But um, but again, like their capacity for creation comes across uh, in the sounds that they're making. Totally. The next track, oh, I guess the entire city is just collapsing. Every building is just <laughs> crumbling. I guess that's what's happening. I guess they just recorded so, the sounds of a future apocalypse for this track. This rhythm is so <laughs> nasty, just like <laughs> it is so they looped collapsing insane. a collapsing metal scaffolding or something. It's very it's, powerful. God, it's cool. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I, we all. This was definitely one where it started. Just all three of us just are like. Oh yes. Well, I've had this CD since the late nineties and I would I would say that when I think of this album, this is the piece I think yeah, of. Yeah, I think definitely. And and when I th- when you think of that early Orphix rhythmic noise, you know, sound, this track is just if, if you're gonna pick one track, I would almost say, Yeah, this is the track. The the rhythm is so sharp and there's like sort of these voices in the dust, you know, mm. that you can hear maybe the, the chaos of things going on. I, I felt very much like a war zone. Oh yeah, on yeah. This one I mean, dude, and and trying to dig out of the rubble, but 
halfway through it, it just sort of it sort of stops to kind of rip itself apart. The rhythm is gone, and it's just this weird kind of ripping to me. I don't I don't know how better it's, to describe it's so it. So weird. I, to me, it was haunting the apocalypse. That's what they were haunting oh, the apocalypse. I like that. And yeah, and again, that's kind of what we said. Every track has an album's worth of ideas. It distilled into each track. And yes, exactly. Like it changes to this whole other thing. It gets, and and again, every second you're you're on the edge of your seat because you want to know where it's going to go next. There is this tension. There is this kind of dread in in this whole album. And everywhere it goes, you're like, oh yeah, awesome. Go I there. Go the, there. The, now go there. The now go there. Super destructive element um, track is called autoerotic. Yeah, it's totally. So good. Yeah. Tying into maybe a little bit of our uh, Atrax Morgue Zone. <laughs> oh, hey, that which reminds me, a uh, friend friend of the show, uh, Jim Rose, um, did contact me to let us know. Of course, on our a- on our Atrax episode, we were discussing movies and we we're discussing some of our favorite giallos and kind of favorite, you know, seventies, eighties yeah. kind of horror. And Tara had mentioned that the movie Cop Killer was something that Marco had mentioned as being. One of his favorites, where he was like, you know, everyone should watch this movie. Well, our friend Jim uh, contacted and said that, yes, some of the Atrax photo shoots, especially the ones in the bathtub, were inspired by a scene in that movie Cop Killer where where uh where John Lydon is is being held uh, captive in a bathtub. I, I guess spoiler, we still haven't seen the movie, so uh <laughs> but, We will. We're gonna yeah, we're yeah. committed. But uh <laughs> again, just a very cool little tidbit that uh you know you know does he, that that movie was a big influence on Marco and and uh, cool to have a confirmation on that from a friend of the show. So thanks for that, Jim. Hell yeah, thanks, Jim. Hell yeah. But then, what happens after autoerotic? We get into some sepsis. Ew. Yuck. And we're outside in these weird apocalypse winds now. This is a strange opening. Again, there's almost a wind feel, but it does feel artificial. And then there's these weird kind of small sounds that start. Yeah, I keep saying throbbing because that's all I could think of is because it's the the subtlety of the like surging is so, so small, uh, especially in the beginning of this. But it also reminded me of like drag racing cars. Well, again, like race, absolutely. Racing is something that I was feeling throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, this one this one has the throbbing synth and noise, and it, there's almost a psychosis to it. Yeah, there's the stereo. Yeah. The, the sound is is this like stereo panning thing that's going on that's really disorienting. But it then feels great. But then there's these like layers of noise that are coming in, and you, you're hearing. You know, they talk about in the their early setup, scrap metal and microphones, and oh yeah, hear it. There's there's so much oh, scrap yeah. metal sheets of metal junk uh, sounds on this that are like. It's there in the background, and then this sort of alternate rhythm to that weird panning comes into it, and it's just sort of wobbling there. It's so crazy. Yeah, I thought it sounded like letting the air out of the tires, you oh, know, wow, just cool. like air escaping. Well, and well, that's cool because what I was picturing it was like gas flames, like like going like you know shooting and then going back, and then another one on another side, like shooting up into the night sky and going back and yeah, kind of lighting it for industrial. a minute. And like, oh, I mean, this is yeah. this is. Oh, I mean, yeah. you can't you can't avoid feeling that while you. You're hearing no, it's sort of that that sequenced white noise. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, mm-hmm. 
Maybe the the opening of Blade Runner, right when all the the plumes of fire totally. are going yes. up in the totally. 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 atmosphere, yes. that that vibe. Uh, this is another one that once the track sort of falls apart, there's so much that's revealed. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. been there, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And just like wait, what? Like this has been there the whole time. Like it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah, and this one had me like punching my fists in the air. Like this was a was a fun track. Oh yeah. I mean, we were all getting very into it and getting very like going with where this is taking us, especially with those rhythms. I mean, it was oh, it's so awesome. And where it takes us is to the longest piece we've hit on the CD so far, and I'm going to let Tara say this name. Oh, it's uh Tanha and that is uh Vedic Sanskrit. It means thirst, desire, or wish. So like in in Buddhism, it's that, you know, that thing where it's like you remove yourself from the want and the longing. So that's like a a Buddhist concept. What they've given us here is nothing but noise until like just this tribal hell rhythm comes in. Just this frantic rhythm. Yeah. But yeah, it starts with just total noise. And you have this frantic just rhythm just running over the apocalypse city. And as in previous tracks, there's there's so much use of this like unidentifiable voice or vocals that are not. It's not power electronics. It's not someone yelling at you or trying to communicate or or sing you a song in any way. Yeah, because it's, you can't you can't tell what the vocals are. saying. No, but it's definitely you know it's definitely vocals. It's definitely yeah. some sort of human speech or even more so like they are performing along with the piece. It feels right at home there. And I did try to look them up to make sure we weren't just missing it, but um, there were, there were no vocals that I could find online. Or ly- lyrics. Lyrics. Yeah. Sorry. Actual lyrics online. It's great. There's uh, almost a sound of like a, a whetstone, like a sharpening oh, stone. Ooh, I like that. Really yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And just constant pounding. And this is one where, again, that there's, there's all so much going on. There's so many changes happening, but they're so subtle that, yeah, this overriding pounding racing rhythm f- almost feels like it's unchanged, almost makes the track feel unchanging in the big scheme. But then when you start getting in the microscope of the track, there's something's changing every two seconds. Yeah. What happens to it too? It feels like, you know, those, uh, portable cement mixers, like the small ones for a job site. It's like, yes. it's, it's like it's weighted a little bit wrong on one side. So it's <laughs> totally. the rhythm is sort of like shaking itself totally. off and that it happens to the, these travel rhythms just all of a sudden become a little bit off, you know, maybe they're, yeah. maybe they're being played at slightly different tempos and they finally desync and sound messed up or it just, it just gets crazy there. Yeah, I was just thinking like disintegrating train tracks and this train is just like barreling through like foggy, like Eastern Europe. Uh, and it, there's tons of like rocks and disintegration. There's all this sort of peeling static and, and like metal shard sounds to it, too, in the later portion. And then it, it just goes down to this sort of whistling. And this is another one that has like that 30, 40 second just like track ends but it hasn't ended yet you get like a you get like a little bonus piece to it that's oh, so and awesome. see and that's the title of Tanha. it's like the the urgency the desire the longing the want and we get to the next track and again all of a sudden we're in just in another space that they're putting us in this one's cool in one of the interviews i think they mentioned uh like uh contact mics piezo piezo microphones yes. and this one's got uh it's got a really like high tone and a, a low drone. And then there's just sort of this delayed uh, scritching, scratching sound, rats in the walls sound that I would assume is something, some kind of contact mic apparatus. Mm-hmm. And it 
it's really it just keeps building. It's this is like it it pulls you back out after Tanha and, and gives you like a a mellow vibe until you kick in with just this like oscillator grind. Well, yeah, that's the thing is they give you almost a false sense of security that you're just gonna be in this zone and then nope, guess what? Here you go. No, nothing feels certain on this record because they're yeah, not afraid no. to, to pull the yeah, rug out yeah. from under you. And and I thought this was such a good follow up to the last track because, you know, it, it hit such a high and it was such a banger. Um, then, you know, they came in a little more gently this what, time and built you back up. And, and that, it's that thing that I kind of like you're saying with the feedback is the, is the thing that I call the hanging feedback where it just feels like a chain in a room that's yes. kind of hanging. And yeah. And then, yeah, this is. I mean, they're just tension building masters on this. Yeah, ramping up constantly, like all the sounds. There's, I have ramping up and takeoff both right here because these sounds are sort of like all ascending in oh, this in this weird way. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's an I mean, yeah. game. <laughs> totally. I mean, it 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 has that feel. I mean, this is it is a it is a dark swirl. One of the things I noticed with this one too is that there's a sort of a like a clipping interference and blown gain structure as a production technique is very prevalent on this where like mm -hmm. the low end rhythm stuff is kind of overloading a bit so when the kind of weird additive high section comes in it's it's getting forced around that in the space it's allowed to fit and it's it's one of those things, I mean, as as noise musicians, we probably all are aware of, you know, just when you you when you blast one thing, the other thing can't quite cut through, but you can get the best, sometimes the best sounds that way because it's straining against where it can fit itself in around it, right? Mm -hmm. And that I, I felt that really, really prevalent on this until you get to the end where you've got that weird bashing loop sound going on. Oh, yeah. Super. Like, what? Where? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Oh, and yeah, it's just. Was it there? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's like, now I want to go back and look yeah. and look, look at my notes and read them backwards while listening to the track and see yeah. what I can pick out. <laughs> yeah, 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 is, yeah, it yeah. is it there? Is it there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I forgot to say the pathogenosis, uh, pathogenesis. The name, the name of the track. Uh, it means the manner of development of a disease. And I think we maybe we just Great. heard the audio equivalent of a disease developing. Yeah, <laughs> they just it's they taken just, over. Yeah, it took about six minutes and forty three seconds for that disease to develop, but it went it it pretty much went to full full uh, disease manifestation by the end. And then we've got words once spoken, the longest piece on the record, and this is just that dead factory ambience. You mentioned mm -hmm. chains. I got chains for days on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's like a strange alien soundscape. This is this is at the point of this. It's the strangest track on yeah. the CD. This was my favorite track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you did it. You announced that I think midway through the track. You yelled. I think you go. Oh, I love this. I, I think, yes, yeah. and I wrote this track. You are my little star. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a there's a quote from one of the the uh, the I think it's that Juno interview where they. I think it kind of fits like what, where we're at in this, in this CD. Okay. We found the same kind of dark psychedelic atmosphere and some of this music that we loved about industrial. And we started bringing more of these elements into Orphix. And I think this is dark psychedelic atmosphere ambience. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, this, that's what you get. <laughs> the spoken layers that I feel in there that whatever the voice is doing is completely it's so low that it's almost inaudible it's but it's you can tell it's there and I wrote down a uh, delayed nothing 
Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what they put their delay pedal on. It's not doing anything, but it is. It's causing this sort of like <laughs> weird delay. Dude, flame, the flames go up, the flames come down. And where, how is that happening? It's so cyclic and everything's kind of swirling around you on this one. And then at three minutes, you get some synth coming in. But at the four minute mark, this heavy, heavy low noise comes in and it goes from being an empty factory where like the you know the dust is blowing the sound or the wind is blowing the dust and sound around you to being this like suffocating almost wall huge range yeah it, this is the most open and freeform track and, and I, I think on the cd too i kept thinking like it sounded opalescent or it sounded iridescent like i kept wanting to like use color words listening to it uh because i think the layers and the tones were just so delicate and they're shifting that you know you would hear them in different ways so yes it's a very iridescent track yeah it's a shuddering wall of sound that's sort of again slowly revealing itself and it it reveals a rhythm this one is one of those tracks that there is a rhythm in this portion where it gets all heavy there is some sort of like drum machine thing going on there but it never becomes the focus of the track. It never even goes above being one of the, you know, as low as like the voice layer or something. It's like barely there, but you hear it for a minute. It gives you something to latch onto and then it goes away. And you, one of the things about sort of like rhythmic and rhythmic music, rhythmic music and, and like rhythmic industrial techno, whatever, is that it's got a hook to it. It's got something familiar that you can root yourself in. And mm-hmm. they're so good at shifting that expectation constantly. And on this you think, okay, it's gonna, it's this is a nine and a half minute track. It's gonna break into the the slamming part now, and it just doesn't. It's like, yeah. here's a little bit of rhythm. Here you go. Here yeah, you go. and yeah, see you later. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And that's why I thought they were using like rhythm as a tool because it's more like rhythm to induce a trance or rhythm to again, yeah, make you change the way that your brain is thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, like a tool. I love it. This one is one of the rare pieces where it strips back and we've, we've got this, this another like, you know, half a minute end cap on it. And I can tell that it is the sounds from the beginning. I'm back in mm-hmm. the factory. It, felt, it felt that way for sure. It's like a, in creep show when there's that big black tar monster thing that swims up by the raft. It's like that comes <laughs> into the factory yes. and then leaves and you're just back in the factory. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very into that. Welcome. The next track, definitely throwing the title to Tara on this one because I'll just completely destroy it. Electroencephalographic measurements. It's just an EEG. <laughs> just an EEG. Just an it's, EEG. It's brainwaves, baby. <laughs> this one is very a very interesting track, and to me, the focus was blurred. There was you there you almost couldn't tell what the central part of the track is. Do you uh, know what I mean? It's crazy. I I couldn't agree more on that. I I wrote down pulsing, descending highs, conversation buried, but I don't know if it was a conversation. I was hearing one voice, and then I just have background, and there's this sort of. Uh, I called it a popping bass rhythm, but it's not popping in that like plosive way with a sharp attack. Then I, I wrote in my notes, how do you describe that sound? Yes. Like I was trying to find the words to describe something that mm-hmm. was there that sounded really cool. And I could, I don't have the vocabulary to describe accurately what that sound is. It, no, I know exactly what you mean. And that, yeah, we're all trying to summon up our vocabularies. Yeah. <laughs> but this was 
um, the track that Aaron contributed the EEG readings to. So this is actually, you know, the the firings of your brain as part of it. And but while before I knew that, while we were listening to it, I was like, oh, they're like, oh, they have friends that are doctors. They're getting body <laughs> sounds. <laughs> we only listen to noise who's got friends that are doctors. <laughs> yeah, who's members of friends that are doctors. Keep the list coming in. Yeah. A, a, and we, we and just, also doctors, if you want to hang out, we don't we don't know any doctors. And also, no, we just made that up. So Orphix may not have friends that are, probably don't. Again, I think we did establish that not not only do we not know doctors. No, Canada's got socialized healthcare. They might know some doctors. <laughs> maybe they know some doctors, yeah. Well, maybe Aaron knew it. Now he's not in the band anymore, so... <laughs> Maybe Aaron was a doctor. He did the EEG recordings, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, that would be amazing. But th- and this track does kind of harken back to some of the, those those first two tapes, too. There is definitely a more... Uh, I, I, again, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I think it is. this is the hardest track to describe in a way. It actually left me a little angry not being able to come <laughs> up with... Wor- just listen to it. Just listen Just, to the electroencephalographic so so measurements by Orphix, and you tell me. Yeah, it's so amazing. My closest thing to say would be like someone kicking a Rubbermaid trash can or something, yeah. but that's not the sound. <laughs> that's a different sound that I also like. Yeah. Well, and this it makes me think about something that we talk about a lot, and that is, you know, pre-computers, we had to do all this stuff manually, or they had to do all this stuff manually. I never did it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, well, you joined the band? I d- just did. Isn't that crazy? Like for, for like five seconds, I did. Uh, so I was reading an interview with Christina Seely. Uh, it's called 15 Questions. Uh, and so she kind of commented about their early recording techniques. Uh, and this is what she said. Uh, she said, when Richard and I started recording as Orphix and other projects, we had to run a four track to record or go to a studio. Things can only be recorded once or re-recorded. I was using a grainy 8-bit Mirage sampler and reel-to-reels to create recorded loops for sounds. Lots of restrictions and challenges there. Though looking back, I think that the limitations were probably really helpful, especially at the beginning. And yeah, there there is something to be said for what limitations can do for your creativity. Oh, it's one of my one of my sort of favorite mantras is like I, I like setting up a set of rules for myself that I have to operate within when I'm making music because you have to fight against you know you have to you have to fight against and learn and sort of uh engineer all of the thing all of the tools you have and if you have a more limited tool set you're more likely to discover things about those that you didn't know possible like I have too many synthesizers, but I have had. <laughs> We're some, looking at them right now. There's a lot of them there. <laughs> so too many. Um, and there's a. Uh, I had a friend who had one synthesizer, and I had that same synthesizer, but he could do so much more with it mm-hmm. because that was what he spent all of his time learning. Like just that was the piece. So anytime there was something that he wanted to accomplish. It was he had to figure out how to do it with that piece of gear. Whereas, like, I'd be like, "Oh, well, I can just do it on this one. It's really easy to do it on this one, so I don't need to use this one." And so, you know, I, I think it's I think those limitations in equipment or even setting setting guidelines for yourself that you don't break out of. Like, there's a reason I don't use a computer to make music. It's not because I have anything against it. It's because it gives me too many options, and I'll just sit there and play Minesweeper all damn day. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It oh, works. And, it works for a lot of people, but and, it's for me. I need. I need the limitations, and I can't limit myself in certain ways when it comes to that. Well, and Christina actually said one of the most challenging aspects of the computer is that it offers almost endless choices. There's potential to overwork everything. See, that's yeah. that's kind of exactly Absolutely. how I yeah. feel about it. <laughs> 
the next track is oh boy yeah i mean it is this is now it opens <sighs> with this so it opens with this like ritual voice almost like it's some throat singing throat yeah it's, totally. it's definitely throat singing and and, and this track what the name what is the name of this track there uh so the track is uh samsara it's sanskrit also relating to buddhism uh it's a cycle of repeated birth it's you know the wheel of suffering but this does have this one especially out of all the tracks has the ritualistic uh s- s- circular vibe to it Oh, yeah. It's also the first track. I mean, there, there's the throat singing. There's these, I, I call them clattering toms. They're like yes. being thrown oh. down a flight of stairs. Like ritual something. drums so tossed awesome. down yeah, it's the stairs. It's very tribal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then there's, there's it's the first one with actual vocals. It, there's there's the most direct vocals on this track. And again, I, I couldn't make out any any actual words, but it the, you can tell that there is, they're, and, and it's, it obviously seems like it's it's Richard. and, and They're more discernible than on any other piece. Yeah, there, and, like, and they're the, more direct. Could you discern any words? I no, tried no, really hard. Even just that it's that there's something going on there. And I, it's there's sort of a fuzzy, like, harmonic note going on yeah. throughout this one, too. I, I The... The last word I wrote in my notes for the song is "whoa." Uh, oh, totally. I mean, this and 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 I absolutely feel that sentiment. And and the vocals were there. This like industrial yell into the void. And and while those rhythms are going, mm-hmm. it is just oh, it is just such an immediate track. That this one's an immediate track. And like singing like that, throat singing, singing with drums. All of these things are you know different ways to work ourselves into a trance or like different types of resonances. Uh, and I think that bringing that into the mix is just really elevated this entire album and, and makes it so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of resonance, cellular resonance, the 11th track, which has this sort of panned thud oh, dude. opening going uh, on. It's very like, helicopter-esque, but not in that dude, kind of it way. It is a heartbeat going a million miles an hour. Yes, and yes. it's like, and it, to me, it was like taking the beat and wringing it like a wet towel and just wringing everything out of it. And it is just so, oh, it's so insane. Yeah, I, I kept thinking the beats were like factorial, you know, like it started and then it just kept like increasing, increasing, increasing. The increasing. panic is setting in on this one. There's sort of a, this barely an EKG sounding drone in the background too. Yeah. And I I swear there's some shortwave radio manipulation going on here. There was just these sort of like tuned in staticky weird ringing like just just on the edge of perception kind of sounds going yeah. on. The th- and those are just happening around the corner. There's like a threat yeah. around the corner. The entire track, there is something threatening around the corner. You know, but then there's I, I thought it was going to be like a keyboard, like a, a you know choir sample or something on a keyboard. There's sort of this choral tone that comes in, but then it turns out to be voice again. So someone was maybe like sustaining a mm. note, but then it comes into being vocals. But again, it's so far pulled back that it just and mix. It's the mix is so good. It's hallucinatory. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, because of. The way all these elements are presented, it, it it doesn't stop being interesting at any point. You're kind of guessing or trying to decipher something in the background and something else in the background becomes your focus. And then you're still trying to pick out this other thing. It just keeps changing on you. And it's so cool. And this this track made me kind of... Uh, go on a journey in my brain. So I, I haven't talked to you guys about it. So here's what I was thinking about. <laughs> uh, so cellular resonance is like cells oscillating and oscillating at a certain frequency. Um, and so 
when they oscillate at a certain frequency, they affect their neighboring cells and maybe change the rate at which they're oscillating or the frequency at which they're operating. And it creates like a ripple effect. So like, let's say our bodies are doing that when we're hearing music. And this is all very metaphysical too. Like I know it's whatever type of science you ascribe to, just let's go on the ride with me. And so then, <laughs> so your cells are vibrating because they're vibrating each other and then they change the frequency that you're harmonizing. And then your body changes frequency because you're hearing these tracks and that you hear the beats and the oscillation that Orphix are providing. So then you start moving within the space and the room and then you're kind of changing the frequency of each other. And then you just think of a bunch of people like dancing together in a crowd or just like feeling a beat and then their oscillations are kind of reverberated throughout space. And so I just like that image of like the music starting on a cellular level and then just growing and intensifying from the oscillating beats. And I, for me, it just made this whole thing like a, a like a psychedelic journey. Oh, that's awesome. I really liked on this one that halfway through the the sort of rhythm disappears and it's just simple drone comes in but then that starts kind of shifting and moving around like a some kind of pulse width modulation or something is just pushing yeah so i was thinking around. the beat was getting everybody like harmonized with each other and then the drone was actually what's like inducing your trance oh, and it. then so then everybody's kind of like emitting the same frequency oh wow also i can hear the tape hiss on this one yeah this one's yeah. this one i didn't notice it on nice. a lot of the others or if it was it was disguised or blended in perfectly, but this one there's like definitely a layer of tape hits in there that just sounds really cool. Oh, they mentioned reel to reel as being a as instrumentation, and in the O one O two, it's it's credited for both of those tapes as a uh, reel to reel machines. So certainly they were they were playing with uh, samples on tape or sounds oh, from yeah. uh, from tape too. They and put then, the work in, man. Yeah, and we find ourselves within the last track on this. It doesn't. <laughs> actually start for like a minute yeah after the cellular resonance we get a cool down period it's almost yeah. as like it's a hidden track no because it's titled yeah. you know <laughs> so it takes a minute and it's so don't blast your stereos yeah, everybody. yeah it'll yeah. be quiet for a minute well, it's okay but, but it kind of stays muted the yeah. entire time it's the quietest track and then maybe a, a four minutes in or something there's sort of a low pulse that comes in but this is all those sounds that we've been talking about that are in the background <laughs> This is only those. There's yes. no forefront sound. It's only low background mm -hmm. sounds melding together and moving around a little bit. So you're not getting the sort of one element pushed to the front and then pulled back a little bit while something else comes in. You're just getting everything that would be in the background of a normal one of their tracks as its own piece. And it's awesome. And oh, it's that's nice. Like and it like somehow still. Yeah. And it sounds like it's in the background. Like just like you were saying, Gray, like. It, nothing comes to the forefront. Somehow everything is in the background on this track. I don't know even how to do that. I don't know how do Orphics are just sound sound masters, basically. Yeah, they they manipulate us well with their sound, I think. I think that the way that they use it really is designed to take you on the on the journey they think you should be on. Yeah, or the journey that you know you want you want to be on, you know, the you know, take yeah, it, I want to be on that journey. It's, it's a nice journey. It's I a great it. journey. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sophisticated. I kept thinking like, ah, oh, this is very sophisticated. But man, what what an album! This was incredible. It's a hell of an album. It really is. I'm. This really got me. This really got me. This got me and Tara back in the saddle. All of us back in the saddle. It's been a few weeks. We are back in the noise extra saddle. Feels good. 
It feels mm-hmm. great. Um, and yeah, Orphix, I'm, you know, we're super excited to see him. I'm sure all you guys are excited to see him in December, you know, and they play a lot, you know, so they are definitely yeah, they've been out here. A few they've times. been out here. They, they play, they play in Europe a lot. So if you get a chance to, to see him, you know, jump at that chance, it's well worth, uh, well worth traveling for well worth, uh, well worth hitting the show. So don't think you're just getting a, a techno. Oh, you're getting something. so much more. You're getting yeah. a full sound experience. Um, I thought it'd be cool in the in the uh, hospital CD reissue of the f- first two tapes. There's a, there's like a flyer from the '90s from Orphix, and it kind of has their contact info, list of upcoming gigs. But I thought this really cool part of it um, has a thing. It says Orphic Orphix areas of interest, and I thought Terry, why don't you uh, finish up this episode by reading out the list of Orphix? Oh, I love this list. Areas of interest. Psychoacoustics, sound, research, collage, transmission, information, mutation, exploration, experimentation, noise, intensity, control systems, science, ritual, dream imagery, expression, states of consciousness, sign, symbol, signal, manipulation, perception, obsession, strategy, atrocity, confrontation, exposure, dissection, Deconstruction, technique, electronics, sonics, isolation, antiform, realization, purification, innovation, and communication. I mean, I think we just got that all on this CD. I think we. Yeah, we should play bingo with their list on our sheets. We could have probably just read that list and the episode done. Done, but I thought that was so amazing to hear it from their, you know, from their perspective. We can't make it that easy on ourselves. (laughs) We had to go on our own journey. But wow, Orphix, pick this up. And you can pick this up on Malignant's Bandcamp. Uh, so you can you can definitely uh, get the digital, and I'm sure the CDs are still out there. Pick up the Hospital double CD, pick up their new album, pick out their old albums. I just, you know, go Orphix crazy. Dig in. You have been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Tara Connolly, here with Mike Connolly and Gray Holger. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise extra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra. That has three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.